At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Nice Job can help you get the reputation you deserve. Nice Job's automated reputation marketing tools are easy to use and super effective. Collect two to three times more customer reviews and have the ability to share that social proof where it matters most. New signups can get $50 off when they mention the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. If you're looking to grow your small business, visit NiceJob at NiceJob.com. This podcast is sponsored by the Master Group, and this interaction took place actually while I was in one of the Master Group locations, and the manager of the store, Ben, he asked me if I could remind everybody, and, and everybody that's listening to this podcast, I'm sure you guys are on top of this already, but... When you walk into a supply house in Ontario and want to buy refrigerant, you need to show an ODP card. Basically, it's safe handling training of refrigerants. It would be similar to uh, an EPA card in the US, from my understanding. Some people like to, to try to use fake ones or their friends. That doesn't work. If you guys want to buy and handle refrigerant, make sure you're showing your valid certification to do so and don't use somebody else's because that could come back on them. Anyway, that message was brought to you by Ben from Master Group. Check out master.ca. Some of you guys might be in this boat already, but we're going to have this conversation. And it's owning an HVAC company or working an HVAC company, if you're an employee even, and some of the struggles that go along with it in a small town setting, like six, 7,000 people and your closest supplier being like an hour and a half away or, or something similar to that. This would be a struggle, but there, there are also going to be advantages of working in a small town as well. And Brad Clevin, he's a business owner in Wisconsin. He reached out to me and he wanted to talk about this. Some of the disadvantages, some of the way he gets around the suppliers being so far away and some of the advantages as well as working in a small town. So let's get to this, guys. This is the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show put in a, a long day but other than that uh you know i can't complain it was i think it was 42 down here that's the first 40 degrees i think we've hit and hit in a few months 40 when you say the first 40 degrees you've hit you mean dropping or or rising <laughs> rise rising to 40 rising yeah. I'm, in, I'm in wisconsin so you know i'm in the northern united states so it was we've been getting hit with some pretty good cold here the last few weeks so 40 today being on a roof the majority of a day felt pretty good yeah i think you you're probably more north than i am if you're in wisconsin i'm in i'm south west wisconsin i could well 
I could probably throw a rock and hit the Mississippi River right now from where yeah. I'm sitting. So, and it's funny because the 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 Wisconsin accent yep. it's similar to the to to the some Canadian accents. Like you know when uh, like South Park makes fun of the Canadian accent. <laughs> oh yeah, yep. Like oot and a boot and stuff like that. That's yep. I I can hear a lot of that in the Wisconsin accent. Oh yeah, yep. No, it's it's there's a there's a good comedian over in Wisconsin here named Charlie Barons, and he he hits the Wisconsin accent pretty good. Nice, nice. So you reached out to me. Yep. A while back. And you wanted to talk about the struggles of what it's like to be working in, in an area that's kind of on the outskirts of a, a city where you, you're not really, you don't have like parts, uh, supply houses, like just like 10 minutes away where you can just run out and grab a part and like in a main city hub, like in, in yep. the main city hub where I work out of, which is the GTA, which is the greater Toronto area in Ontario here. Um, there's suppliers everywhere, like everywhere, but I also live, and, and I'm glad we're having this conversation because I also live a good hour and a, and a bit, um, probably my, my drive time to get down into the city hub is about an hour and 15 minutes. Um, and that's with normal traffic. If traffic's bad, it can be longer. So I do have that commute and if if I was working, let, let's say I started to work up here, I would have the struggles of of uh, getting parts just just on the on the like if if I went to a home or a building or something and they they needed like a blower motor, I'm like, where do I get one? Like I'd have to drive like an hour and, and a bit away to get it. So is this kind of along the lines of what you want to talk about? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, not only are we, you know, a service contractor and installation, we also almost got to be kind of our own distributor here. And, yeah, I want to touch on just about everything that you said right there. So, Awesome. Okay, so how far are you away from the closest supplier that you can get parts for? If I left from... My shop parking lot to the closest one that I use is probably an hour, depending on traffic, can be an hour and 20 to an hour and 40 minutes. Wow. One way. Okay. Okay. So that that's a legit concern because now we're talking about gas. We're talking about time. So well, how let's let's talk about ways that you can alleviate that pain like how do you go about alleviate, alleviating the pain without having to to drive that far take up that amount of resources and fuel and time every time you need something how, how do you alleviate that well i i've been pretty lucky um you know with the guys that i have here everybody on my crew seems to you know order when they need stuff to keep all of our vehicles in our shop stocked but it also means, you know, to just make sure I can get the daily necessities. I've got to have, I think I have double digit accounts just so I can make sure that if I need a universal blower motor or something, if I needed it next day, or, you know, right now with the struggles of just getting parts in general, um, that I have multiple roads I can go down to try to find a, you know, a half horse or a three quarter horse motor or, you know, pressure switches for a certain brand of, of furnace, 
um, or rooftop unit. So I got to try to, you know, deal with all those, those situations with all the different distributors and try to keep in, in mind, Hey, this is what they carry. This is what the other distributors carry. And then try to relay that to all my guys on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's no, that, that makes sense. So you know, the distributors that carry the certain parts. So how are we, or how are you, I should say, I always say, how are we, <laughs> because I, I feel like we're, we're just one giant community, but yeah. how are you getting these parts to you? Like, are you ordering, uh, things that are commonly used and keeping them at, at the shop? So, or are you stock stocking? Yeah. Are you keeping the trucks always stocked? Um, or is it a combination of both? It's a combination of both. I mean, on a daily average, I'll bet, you know, oh gosh, I'll, I probably got 35 to 40 different blower motors. I've probably got 35 to 40 different combustion blower motors. I think I have enough ductwork if I needed to for a new house or just general heat runs or anything like that. I have enough ductwork I usually keep on hand to do two or three houses at a time just so then that way you know I'm prepared um you know if, if stuff becomes hard to get um that way I'm I'm stocked up you know but I got a good like I said earlier I got a good relationship with my distributor so usually when I'm in the planning phases of fall or even spring I'll start sending out emails or making phone calls and saying hey can you guys do the legwork for me and just give me a list of my most popular parts and how many of them I used the year before? And I try to base it somewhat on that. Um, you know, like the last two years I've gone really heavy on the amount of equipment that I've ordered just because of price increases and you know they're coming to where if I can get a good deal, if I buy, you know, X amount of whatever part, I might as well bring it in. Um, you know, but on the other hand, I got to make sure that I hope the price don't come down quickly, which most of the time we know that it, it doesn't. So, you know, I got to gamble there um, in case pricing ever does come down. I'm sitting on a, a part that I pay a little bit more for. But at the end, you know, I, I got the part and I can service the customer now instead of three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So when you say like 30 to 40 blower motors on hand, like that's a big chunk of change. You got to fork out, uh, the upfront costs, right? Like, like that's, that's some, that's some good, good money that you got to fork out for these combustion and like the, the draft, the induced draft motors and the blower motors and stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously that, that's a, a bit of a, a kick in the, in the balls to the pocketbook to the wallet. Right. It makes the bank account not look as friendly as what it is what it could be, but I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it's it's going to come back. I mean, it'll all even out. I've been very fortunate, you know, when I've I've taken a few risks like this before, and it's worked out in my favor just because other contractors have been short on parts, and you know, I I, I got a good relationship too with the other contracting businesses in the town that I'm in to where, you know, I get 
four or five times a week, I'll have, you know, my competitors calling me, Hey, do you got this part? Can I come over and buy it from you? Can I do that? Um, you know, and I'll gladly do that. Cause I know if, if they had something that I needed, I know they would do the same for me. I like that. I mean, even though you're in a competing market, it, it's good to help one or another out because yeah, like I you mean, said, one, yeah. one day, you're going to need, you're going to need something. And, and if you don't give favors, you're not going to get favors, right? Exactly. And I mean, it's, 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 we're not that big of a community to begin with. And, and if we're, you know, if we're not playing nice with each other, it just makes it all that much smaller and, and, and harder to just get things done. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the part of Wisconsin where I'm at in the county I am, you know, we're the biggest quote unquote city and we got, like 6,000 people. So, I mean, it's, we're not overly huge to begin with. So do you do residential only, or do you do commercial as well? No, I mean, predominantly right now we do residential. Um, but I mean, we do residential commercial, you know, we do some light industrial work just because of one of my customers. But, um, you know, my background from where I came from, um, in the city of Milwaukee was all commercial um, sprinkled a furnace here and there, but uh, I was predominantly a commercial install technician um, when I was there. So it's a big mm-hmm. shift coming over here being all residential, but it's, it's, it's nice um, as far as that stuff. I mean, they have their pros, they have their cons. Now, what about uh how, how long have you owned your business? I guess I'll start with that. So as of January 2nd of this year, it would be three years that I've owned it. And I've been doing it, you know, I've been making sheet metal, you know, starting when I consider that starting in the trade. I did that at 17. So, you know, I've been doing it 19 years now. Nice. So, And how did you find the transition from, or what? I guess what made you make the transition from a commercial installer to want to open up a residential base company? I'm, I'm stubborn and, uh, I like to do things my own way, I, I, I guess is the, the long and short of that. But no, I, 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 I seen a bunch of guys doing it. I moved back from Milwaukee. This is my home area where I'm located now in Wisconsin. And, uh, I just had the opportunity with the previous owner. Um, you know, he didn't have a buyer at the time and I came to work for him. Um, you know, and, and we sat down and talked a little bit about it and I told him that was, it's a goal of mine to own my own business, whether I start from scratch or I buy somebody out. Um, and then he was huge into really teaching me, you know, a lot about the business and, um, you know, taking it over. And it was, you know, it was fantastic. I couldn't ask for a better guy to learn from. And then he really helped feed into owning that business and, and wanting to, you know, keep it going. Um, you know, cause the business I took over has technically been in business since 1932. Um, or it's been recognized as a dealer since 1932 when I wanted to try to keep that going also. That's, that's pretty cool. So you're enjoying business ownership then? 
Uh, it, it, it's got its days. I mean, 99% of the time, it is fantastic. You know, if I wanted to go ice fishing tomorrow, if I really had my heart set on that, I could. Um, you know, that's one of the benefits. And then, you know, if, if something goes sideways, you got to deal with that and, and take care of that. But, uh, you know, the most part, I absolutely love being an owner. Um, you know, I think I got a great group of, of guys working for me. Um, so yeah, no complaints out of me. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest, I think there's a lot of people or a lot of techs out there that are working for a company and, and they probably have the, uh, they probably have thoughts and ambitions of going on their own. And, and I think one of the things that holds some people back is the fact that they have to be responsible for employees. Maybe not right away, or, or maybe they don't have to be ever. Maybe maybe you can... I know a lot of people that have maintained a one-man show for many, many, many years and found ways around it by subbing or, or getting um, friends in the trade that are also one-man shows to, to help them on certain jobs. But I think one of the fears is having employees and now being responsible for those employees and making sure that they have the hours in a week to, to, to feed their family. Because if you hire somebody and you can can only give them 20 hours a week, I mean, they're, they're not really going to want to stick around. So I think that's one of the biggest fears. Do, do you agree with that? Or what do you oh, think yeah. of that? All right. Let's say you buy a furnace, install it for your customer, comes with a 10-year warranty, and the customer wants something beyond that. They want 20 years of warranty. Well, after the OEM warranty stops okay it just discontinues jb warranty steps in with programs that allow you to offer extended warranty programs to your customer they have 14 day turnaround times they have 300 an hour or up to 300 an hour in labor reimbursement pretty cool stuff so check out jb warranties guys if your customers in the market for this type of service company cam helps keep jobs organized for instance, let's say there's a bunch of moving parts on one job and there's many pictures, videos, notes. Instead of emailing them back and forth, texting them back and forth, and everybody's scavenging through their phones to find out where they are, Company Cam offers this cloud-based solution where everything ends up in one place. So anybody can see it. And not just you, but anybody that's on the job and has access can see the progress. And we can show our customers this is what happened through time-stamped, GPS-stamped images, notes, Etc. So check out Company Cam. Emotors Direct, probably a really good podcast to talk about Emotors Direct. They're based in Canada. Um, if you want to order a motor to your job site, let's say you go to a home or a building and you find the motor dead, and instead of driving out to somewhere to get it because it's not available and driving around, um, you can order it through Emotors Direct and it'll show up and be delivered right to your job site. So you just show, show back up when it gets there and then put it in. Okay, we got a promo code at emotorsdirect.ca, and that is HVAC Know-It-All. It will save you 8% on your order. Blue On Guys, their app has been blowing up for a very long time, right, rightfully so. They got a ton of unit manuals on there. They got some tools, uh, some toolbox stuff that you can use on, on the day-to-day, and they have their call-in tech support that you can only do through the app. And I think their team is like over 20 strong now for tech support. So very good company to get a hold of if you're in a jam to help you out. Re- refrigeration Technologies. How can we forget about these guys? 
run by a family, family-owned business, HVAC Tech Chemist. John Pastorello has invented has invented all of these products like Nylog, Big Blue, Wet Rag, the, the Venom Viper Packs. And these guys are just so busy. It's unbelievable because of the support from the HVAC community because their products are badass and superior. Um, Supco, guys. Supco has made the commitment to making very good quality tools and parts, especially under the Trade Fox program. They, they have really they have really been keeping an ear to the ground what technicians want and what technicians need. And trust me, I, I keep close contact with them. And they are super excited to start making some really badass quality tools. And if you guys have a tool idea and you want to share it with them because you want to bring it to market with them, you guys can partner. And there's an email address for that. And it's ideas at supcotradefox.com. If you've got a prototype, an idea, whatever it is, speak to them and move forward on it. And then you both benefit from it in the long run. I 100% I agree. It, it is a huge fear of mine, but I also take it as a huge driver for me. It, it, it yeah, just makes sure true. that I grind to make sure that, hey, you know, if I don't keep these guys at, at, at a bare minimum 40 hours a week, you know, they're going to go look at the guy down the street or something else. And then, you know, with the relationship I built with these guys, and I hope it's the same with all owners, that they make me, you know, want to go out there and, and get those 40 hours for them. Um, but, you know, I'm a little different than some owners to where, you know, I'm an owner to where I can sit in a couple days or a day a week and do some paperwork. But 75, 80% of the time, I'm in the field with them turning wrenches. Um, That's awesome. Do you, you, know, do you enjoy, do you, would you rather be in the field turning wrenches or, or would you rather be doing the administrative stuff? If I could find a way to split it 50-50 um, to where I could get my share of each, I think would be best for me. Um, there's days I love being on the computer, talking to people, um, doing some conference calls and learning. Um, but then there's days I just, I love, you know, hanging ductwork, setting rooftops, doing crane lifts. Um, you know, that's the stuff that got me to where I am. So I always like to make sure, you know, I'm there. Mm -hmm. I think that's I think the best run companies are companies that are run by technicians that have the, the field experience because they're at the level of all the other technicians in their, within their business, the technicians they hire, the apprentices they hire, they've been there, done that. They know what it's like at each stage. And I think the best, the best, most understanding, uh, employers or business owners in this industry are are the ones that were technicians for many many years first so um it, it seems like you're enjoying what you're doing and, and one of the things that i was thinking about when you're explaining this to me is the small town that you're in six thousand people and other people that are in small towns that it might be considering going out on their own how do you generate enough business for yourself and, and the guys and the employees that you have in, in such a small town, like where do you find the work? You know, right now with how things are, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of work out there. The big thing that has worked for me, um, 
you know, I don't do a ton of marketing. I don't do that. I got a Facebook page that I probably hasn't posted on in six months. The thing I do that most people don't is I answer the phone, whether it's six o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, you know, two in the afternoon. If it's not me, it is one of my guys and we, we just answer the phone. Now, I may not be able to get to you, I, you know, because there's days where we get filled up quick. But all I do is I answer the phone and I just be as straightforward and as truthful as I can be with the with the people calling or my customers. And I it's worked. I mean, there's there's no secret formula that I'm doing. There's no book I read, anything like that. But in a small town or a small county, you know, if you can just tell the people, hey, I can't do it or I could be there tomorrow um, if that works for you. You know, people are more in a in a rural setting like I'm in. Uh, they're more receptive to that. And, you know, the honesty and stuff like that just goes a huge, yeah. it's a huge part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I think that once you generate a customer base and they trust you, they'll wait for you. Uh, you know what I mean? Like if you, if they call and you're legit busy for the next two days, uh, but their AC's out, mm-hmm. maybe they can, they can just bear it for a couple of days until they get your company out there because that's who they trust instead of calling somebody else that they, they don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's one of the, 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 the things that, um, will help build your business, uh, over time is, is that trust and honesty and integrity with your customer base. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So that's, that's funny. You didn't, you said you don't do digital marketing, but it, it kind of makes sense because the business has been around for years and years and years and probably had a solid customer base when you took it over. Like, did it have a nice base for you to start working with when, when you took over the business? Oh yeah. I mean, I, the, the, the person that I took it over from had, built him and his him and his father had built such a great business to where I mean I always tell people and when I talk to to guys my age even younger than me that want to start up you know I got extremely lucky and I I flat out tell everybody I got lucky with the business that I took over um you know with the existing customers it was just I need to maintain them and then how do I grow you know from there how do I get mm-hmm. to where I want to be or meet the goals that I'm setting or the vision that I have? And so, um, does your shop have a sheet metal shop within it? Yeah, we got, uh, yeah, we got a step shear, two brakes, uh, you know, a couple Pittsburgh machines. Um, so yeah, I mean, not only do we do, you know, service install, we're a full, full on sheet metal shop too. Mm-hmm. See that it reminds me of when I first started in the trade. Like I, like I can, I'm just trying to envision what your, your shop looks like. Um, when I envision it, I think of <laughs> the shop, one of the shops where I did part-time summer work mm-hmm. and it was called Brampton. It was a town called Brampton or a city called Brampton actually, where I lived at the time. And the place was called Brampton sheet metal. And they did residential service and install. And I don't see these shops around anymore where the, where the, um, the, the, there's a service and install side with its own sheet metal shop. I haven't seen one of those around 
in a very long time. Usually the, the sheet metal is ordered from like a, a supplier or a, a shop that just focuses on um, building, fabricating metal for um, fittings and stuff like that for, for contractors. But this place you go out, um, they would th- slap in the, in the furnace, me- do some measures, call up the, the, the sheet metal shop at their shop and say, yeah, okay, I need this. And then like an hour later, it would get delivered, like just built in an hour and, and, and delivered to the, to the job site. And, and I thought that was super cool. I don't see much of that around anymore. Is, is that kind of similar how you guys do it? Yeah. I mean, so my main goal with all of my guys is to make sure that they're, you know, can at least make a, a bare minimum of transition because if, can't make a transition then it's hard for you to be able to to put in a furnace um but yeah i mean i get calls all the time even from you know like we talked earlier my competitors hey can you knock out a transition my sheet metal guy is gone today um you know the me and the other main shop in town here we have sheet metal shops and uh but yeah no we can you know i don't make any spiral or round pipe like that but you know square duct transitions reducers you know um squared arounds i can make those here it's it's a dying art in my opinion um and i love to make it and watch the guys do it and then you know i always tell my customers as long as i can picture it in my head or you can get me a picture 95 percent of the time to 99 percent of the time i can make it um and i learned in my opinion um when i first out of college my first job i think i learned from probably one of the best sheet metal makers probably within a 60 mile radius of where i first worked um that guy took the time to teach me everything um and i still have the notebooks from when i would you know just take my old pencil and just write the tips and tricks down of what he you know wanted to teach me and do all that stuff and and i tell you what people really notice a really clean piece of sheet metal on a furnace when you sell them that furnace and stuff. And, and it, it goes a long ways. Yeah, no, for sure. And are you on Instagram or you just hang out on Facebook? I do Facebook just cause where we're at, my wife keeps, my wife on, told me to get on Instagram, you know, to be honest with you, I think the only reason I got an Instagram account personally is to follow like you and a bunch of other guys, um, on social media that I, I, you know, I follow a lot on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, because there's such a, a, a strong bonded community of, uh, of HVAC techs installers, so on and so forth, blue, uh, blue, uh, blue collar skilled trades oh, yeah. that they, they just have a strong, there's just a strong community, uh, on Instagram and, and, and a lot of people throw up their installs and it's like, it's almost like it's like they see a nice install and they're like, man, I, I that install looks so nice. I got to one up that install, not one one up it in the way that they're they're trying to be an ass, but they they want to enhance their install at the same time because they're seeing everybody else do this nice work. And I, and I think that's one one of the, the the great things about that platform is is everybody everybody for the most part builds each other up there's there's obviously you're you're online there's going to be dinks and stuff (laughs) here and there that that try to tear you down and stuff but for the most part it's it's a great platform and and i just i don't know i just i don't think i've ever seen you on there before what's your your name on there oh i'd have to look it up to be honest with you i don't remember (laughs) yes so you're obviously not on there too much i'm no i'm just 
I like to call myself like the the guy in the background that just follows everybody and watches. But you know, I probably should get on there because I do have a fairly decent following on Facebook, and and I know everybody's switching to Instagram. And like I said, just as busy as we've been here lately, um, you know, I don't get to put anything up. Or I mean, I got pictures. That's pretty much all is on my phone. Either my kids or or something related to HVAC, but uh, um. No, I should probably get on there because I see some of those installs and I show them to my guys and then all of a sudden, you know, they'll get all amped up and they'll start sending me pictures of their installs like, hey, you know, how's this look? And we're doing, you know, this and, and stuff like that. It's, you know, like you said, I really do think with the way that that community is built on Instagram and social media in general, it's just pushing everybody to do actual better installs, which in the end mm-hmm. so it's good for the customer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. So along, along the lines of install, what, where, where you are, what, what is the equipment of choice from the customer or, or from yourself actually that, that you're actually putting into homes, like as far as, um, furnace, AC boilers, whatever, whatever you're putting in, what is, what is the brand of choice? So as far as my like residential furnaces and air conditioners, um, it's Lennox we've that's the that's the plaque i have out in the front of the shop from the previous owner we've been a recognized you know lennox dealer since 1932 um they've been good to us i mean you're gonna probably have people that are gonna get on right away and be like oh lennox is the worst brand they're you know horrible and stuff no i won't lie they got their their quirks about them but uh for me they've been fantastic um to work for you know commercial wise um i let the customer kind of dictate that you know if it's a building i walk into and it's got all train rooftops um you know i'll put that on i prefer um as far as rooftop goes it's gonna sound crazy but i prefer carrier rooftops um because that's what i'm familiar with from where i came from and then boilers um I've been having really good luck lately with uh, Navian. Uh, My rep that comes up, you know, is a super knowledgeable guy, and he'll take the time with my younger guys if he gets here early enough, and he'll answer any questions for them and bring them flyers so they can learn. So then that way, if they're on a job site with me or something, you know, they can help me get the job done faster. So, you know, when I got a TM doing that, it's kind of hard to go to somebody else. If I'm going to only save, you know, 25 bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. So the, the Navion stuff you're putting in, are you, are you doing those for domestic hot water? Or are you doing those for heating as well? Uh, for both. I mean, it depends on what the, the customer wants. I mean, a lot of the time, you know, I'll try to get them, hey, do you want to do a combi or would you like to do um, just a straight boiler or an indirect? Um you know, and depending on what their needs and wants are, you know, it, it I kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Cool. So next sort of thing is, is the, the, the push these days for indoor air quality and also the push to, I guess, make homes. What's the word I'm looking for? Op- optimize homes with with smart thermostats or, or smart technology are you implementing like what are you implementing for smart technology and and what are you doing for indoor air quality because I, I know it's on the 
the, 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 I know it's a big hot topic these days because of, and, and I think COVID-19 really sparked that a little bit, um, to, to get people thinking more about their indoor air quality over the last couple of years. And, and I think people that see, this is, this is what I don't like about some, some companies in this industry and some people in this industry, some people took that and took advantage of, of some customers, I think, and sold products that they don't even know if they work, um, didn't do any research on them, just started jamming these products. in, and then there's, there's people that said, Whoa, 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 let's hold on a minute. Let's, let's, let's look at this on a grand scale here and, and see what you actually need. Like, are we going to put in like a, an air cleaner that we're not sure if it works or not? Or are we going to put in like a five inch, uh, MRF 13 filter? Uh, maybe put a, a UV light above the coil to kill any bacteria that that's growing on it. I somebody showed me a picture of a of a coil that was like eight years old that had a UV light over top of it to kill like the bacteria and, and all that that was growing on it. And the thing was spotless. The, the pan was spotless. The coil was spotless. And 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 I've heard some some good things about UV lights above coils killing the bacteria, but not so much in the airstream because it can't. The, the air can't, it, it passes too quickly for the UV to do any sanita- sanitization of the air. So what are your thoughts on the indoor air quality aspect and sort of the, um, the optimization with, with smart sort of controls? I love indoor air quality and what it's done for me in the last couple of years. It's been absolutely huge. Um, the town that we're in, you know, as far as smart thermostats, smart homes, uh, there's a lot of people. We're a big, you know, quote unquote resort town in the summer. Um, what it is is uh, we get a bunch of people that'll come up here and they'll want to be able to heat or at least watch over their house without having to ask a neighbor to come over or you know put a thermostat in their window and ask me to drive by once a week and hopefully it didn't freeze. Um, so I mean, I go through Wi-Fi thermostats probably you know, three, four to six a week, if not more, um, they're offered on every job. Um, you know, I'm not going to force a Wi-Fi thermostat on a little old lady that would never use it, but, uh, you know, they've been huge. And then all my customers do is like I told you earlier, um, I'm a phone call away. So they just monitor it or, you know, and you can put those safeties in, in the settings to where, you know, if it drops below a certain temperature, you'll start getting notifications, which I absolutely love. Um, you know, my shop here and at my house, um, you know, I have smart thermostats that can maintain and, and watch temperature um, as far as that stuff goes. And then, you know, getting to the indoor air quality um, side of things, you know, I will sell a lot of what Lennox offers. Um for humidifiers and UV lights, but you know, a big brand here in Wisconsin is April Air, um, you know, out of Madison, which is from my shop, you know, two and a half hours away. Um, they are kind of in our area here and, I, and across the United States, in my opinion, they're kind of the you know, one of the bigger players, um, as far as indoor air quality, and uh, you know, people love them, they don't say humidifier it could be a knockoff or something but everybody calls it hey my april air and i could get there (laughs) you know i i could get there and it could be you know 
carrier's humidifier, but the people are still calling it their April air. Um, you know, over in this area, it's just, it's huge. Um, people love them. And I've had a lot of success with them. Um, you know, I've got a humidifier at my house, you know, because when the air gets dry, the my kids at home, you know, I can tell it, you know, with dry skin or bloody noses and, and you know, I've seen the health benefits. Um, and then UV lights, I think when the pandemic started, you know, I did my research and I took my time. I didn't just hop on that bandwagon right away, but I picked out, you know, what I believe when I worked with Lennox, uh, with my territory manager and we came up with a, you know, a right UV light for a lot of the applications I was in and I bought in bulk. Um, I want to say I bought a hundred and some UV lights just because I knew that it was going to, or I felt it was going to be a huge thing with humidifiers. And, you know, I went through a hundred UV lights in this small area, I think in like three months. Um, which is a big number of UV lights to be putting in, um, around here. And I want to say in that same time, I want to, I think I put in 75 humidifiers and on an average, you know, winter I'll put in maybe 30. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, what those things can bring to a household, as long as you're doing your research and you're setting them up and, and getting them the right piece of equipment for the right application and you teach your homeowner how to run that piece of equipment, um, there's nothing but upside. But if you, know, if you short the customer and you don't teach them, you know, how to run that thing enough, and the next thing you know is, is I get a lot of new homeowners all of a sudden saying, hey, I got water running down or my wood-cased windows are getting mold on them what do i do um and it's typically you know a homeowner that is trying to run 45 percent humidity when it's 10 below outside and uh you know that just doesn't mix yeah that's that's right they're they're <clears throat> yeah um so when you said april air there i i had a podcast with brandon brandon glancy from april air uh, let's say probably am, about a year and a year and a half ago. Do you know I that am, name? I'm familiar with that uh, podcast. Oh, okay, I mean, cool. I made all the guys at the shop listen to it because I can't remember if it was him. Um, but the shop that I worked for on the other side of the state, um, we had, I can't remember who it was, but we had April air out there and, and they brought all their products out and did a big presentation for us. And yeah, I mean, I love April Air. You know, I don't think you could find a, a guy over here that's that's bigger on him um, than myself. And I love that that podcast that you did. Yeah, I, I I learned a ton from Brandon, and 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 you hit on humidification uh, when you were talking about indoor air quality. But what 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 are you doing for ventilation? Do you do HRVs? Do you do um, bring in just just for it because i i've been hearing a lot of people lately talking about setting up a damper and just bringing in a hundred percent fresh air if if the house is already leaky 
and and foregoing the HRV. Like I I don't completely understand. I'd have to do some more thinking as to why that would be more beneficial over an HRV myself because the HRV obviously gets rid of some air and, and you can set those up so they maintain positive pressure as well. Um, so what do you guys do for the ventilation side of things? Well, a lot of the time, um, you know, it's like you said earlier, we're just bringing in, we have a barometric damper um, mm-hmm. that we bring in a new construction. It's not my most favorite thing to do um, as far as ventilation into a house for fresh air, but you know, it's, it's minimum per code. Um, you know, but I've been, I've been pushing harder and harder with my builders to train them. So when they go to talk to their customers, um, on a new construction, or even, um, if it's a remodel, the benefits of an HRV, um, I much prefer those just because of the benefits of them. Um, I'm not a huge fan of just dumping, you know, hundred percent outside air into the return duct and, and hoping everything works out well. Um, I don't think it's something that's going to work for the longevity of the the house or the system. And what I find a lot is, you know, the customer will try to, if they have moisture issues or if they have any kind of issues, um, most of the time I find that those, those fresh airs, they just get plugged or taped over or get a piece of styrofoam shoved up them and they're not working. Um, or that the homeowner tries to eliminate them, causing more issues. Um, the HRV, I try to push all the time um, just for the fact of when I can set them up right and do everything right, especially the ones that I sell through Lennox. And if I can get the right thermostat um, or control installed with them, I can integrate everything into one, um, one or two controls, and it's so much easier uh, to show the customer and then we can maintain, uh, the house better and maintain, you know, humidity. We can maintain, um, you know, and filter the air better because now that that fresh air that you're bringing in, um, you know, goes through a filter on that HRV. Um, and I think with those, the overall air quality coupled with a few other things, you know, can put you in the top five percent of you know houses and how clean you can get that air yeah and and i've i've seen the benefits of of an hrv in in my own home and just measuring co as oh yeah sorry not co (laughs) co2 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 as compared to when it's on and off and, and it's a massive difference the the only the only problem i have with the hrv is when it's extreme temperatures outside. So if it's like, like you obviously get extreme cold temperatures like we do here, but like if it's like we had a couple weeks ago, it was cold for for a while. It was cold for like many, many days in a row. Yep. And if the HRV, if, if it's like minus 20 degrees Celsius outside and the HRV is is running, um, it, it just can't, even though it's, it's taking some of that inside, air out and, and it's and it's pre-warming the outside air it's just just not pre-warming it enough to the point where the the air that's coming in is is uh it, it's cold and you can and you can feel it maybe i got to do some some optimizing on my equipment 
myself because my HRV runs all the time and my fan runs all the time, not the most energy efficient way to do it, but that's the way it's been running f- for a while. And like, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that when I get home, I don't want to be spending time on my own system. I just, I, I, I've been doing it all day already. Like there's been a couple of times where my, in the middle of the summer, I, I, my house feels warm and I go over to the side and the suction line's frozen and I'm like, oh man, I forgot to change the filter again. So, you know what I mean? You shut it off, let it thaw, change the filter. And it's just one of those things that when you get home, the last thing you want to do is look at your own system or spend time with it. I, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I always make the joke with my customers, you know, when I'm trying to sell them a new piece of equipment and they want to know what's in my house and I kind of have to stare at the floor and be like, the system that you're probably going to get is going to be way better than the one in my house. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no you know, and, and they kind of look at me funny. It's like, Hey, I do this, you know, pretty much seven days a week. The last thing I want to do is come home and work on my own stuff or, you know, I maintain it every year, but it's like, man, I, you know, I'll, I'll be like you, I'll forget a filter or all of a sudden I'll, my wife will be like, Hey, there's some water on the floor in the mechanical room. What's going on? And I'll forget to change the humidifier pad or, and it's dripping water because it's, you know, we got some hard water in our town and, and it's like, oh man, that humidifier pad is just, it's crusty. So I got to, I got to change that. So I'll run into the shop at 930 at night to go home to change my humidifier pad and sop up some water because I got lazy. Yeah. The struggle is real, man. The struggle <laughs> is real. So like we started this conversation out, so I'll, I'll just let you end it off. Um like this really, like we started this conversation out about working in a, you yourself and your business being rural, um, away from, from parts. So is there any other struggles that come with that, that we, we kind of didn't discuss off the top? Like obviously the, the, the struggle to get parts, that's, that's, that's the major or main concern. Um, is there anything else that, that comes with that, that being, being sort of isolated away from, from uh, the larger cities and whatnot. Is there any other struggles that come with it? Well, like right now, for instance, um, I keep getting phone calls from a lot of my my territory managers saying, hey, you know, sheet metals dropped this week um, to where next week they'll call me up on a Monday. Hey, get your order and it's going back up. So, I mean, the swing in sheet metal itself um, on just, you know, my flat stock so I can make the custom pieces, um, from last week to this week, it's dropped 11 bucks a sheet, and now they're thinking it's going to go potentially back up 3 or $4 a sheet, maybe more. Um, so I'm always playing, I don't like to call it a game, but I'm always playing a little bit of a gambling game um, to what I want to order to see. You know, I don't want to order 50 sheets high, and then in two weeks, all of a sudden have the bottom drop out of it. And, you know, I kind of always explain it to everybody like, you know, like a lumber yard um, back when we were having lumber shortages. They don't want to, you know, when they can get it, they don't want to buy everything high. And then when lumber does come down, be stuck with a bunch of high priced stuff to where to compete with the other guys, you're either going to lose money or your margins are going to get real tight and real thin. Um, you know, so it's always a math game there that's kind of. I check my emails every morning to see what it's doing as far as that stuff. And then, I mean, we got to walk the shop daily to try to figure out, Hey, we're, 
we forgot to order this a couple of days ago. We need to get three or four more because chances are they're going to be back ordered. Um, you know, we might as well get them now. Um, you know, as far as residential stuff, commercial, I mean, you're just rolling the dice on every call you go to because, you know, a couple weeks ago we ended up replacing a full rooftop because it was 16 weeks before I could get a heat exchanger. Um, it's just crazy. Um, you know, so I just, when you're smaller like this, you just, you got to be so mindful of everything you have in your shop. And, you know, I do the best I can. My guys do the best they can. Um, but you know, when the phone rings, um, you know, we get turning wrenches and stuff. And sometimes we get ran a little thin on some parts, but, um, you know, I think the big thing too, is to have a lot of avenues, a lot of different distributors, um, you know, make sure the ones you do have accounts with, you know, they're not just buying the cheapest stuff or doing whatever. Cause the thing I hate the worst is, is callbacks on a piece of equipment that failed because, you know, you went with the, the cheapest universal motor you could get and it burned out in, you know, three months. Um, cause I'm just with the way things have been going the last two years here, my big fear is, is quality control. Um, with these manufacturers, I know they, they're good, uh, for the most part, but you know, when they're making them and trying to meet the demand is, are we taking a dip in quality control to where in five, seven years from now, are we going to be seeing a bunch of premature failures just because we were trying to meet the demand? Um, I guess it's something that I always have stuck in the back of my head. Like, you know, am I going to be doing a pile of warranty work down the road um, or not. Yeah. I think that's a legit, I think that's a legit uh, concern because like, like you said, the, the supply chain is, is, uh, is slimming out, <clears throat> slimming out for various reasons and they feel the pressure. So when, when people feel the pressure, it's like, yeah, let's, let's just get this out as fast as we can to, alleviate some pain right now and we'll deal with the problems as as they come so i i can see you being concerned with that for for sure uh but but brad thank thanks man like i i really appreciate this conversation uh you seem like you're you're <clears throat> you're just one of these down-to-earth hvac techs that just want to do a good job for their customer and and i and i and I really appreciate you getting a hold of me and, and wanting to have this chat because I love having these chats where I don't have to, where I don't have to have a set of notes ready. <laughs> if I, if you know what I mean, if I'm talking to like a manufacturer and I got to have all these notes ready to make sure we capture um, certain aspects of, of their tools and how to use them and how it works. These, these are the conversations where I can just sit back, chill and, and just have a good time. So I, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, thank you. And yeah, and I mean, these organic conversations, I think are, are some great things for, you know, guys to listen to girls to listen to and, and, and stuff like that. It's, I really enjoyed it. I didn't know what I was getting into here. Um, you know, even back to when I first messaged you, but I mean, it's, it's been, it's been great. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, it's the first podcast or first recording like this that I've done. So, I mean, I didn't know what to expect going in. Yeah. Well, with me, I just tell people, man, it's just like pretend we're we're at the at the end of the day, 
we cracked a beer we're in the shop and our feet are on the desk and we're just having a talk uh, uh, like a chat or a talk <laughs> right. there's nothing yeah. nothing 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 extreme or crazy but um yeah i you're at the shop man you probably want to go home and maybe eat some dinner or something man so i will i will let you get to it it's almost past my bedtime <laughs> uh but i i appreciate you man yeah no thank you thank you so much um i do appreciate the the whole talk here and everything and then I seen your video earlier today, so I'll be uh, probably sending you a, a video if we get time in the shop um, about those Melco snips because I probably got 10 sets of those. Oh, I would love that. I, I would love to, if, if you make one, it's getting shared for sure. And and that was the whole point of that because I my sheet metal skills are, are terrible. Like I actually, <laughs> it's funny, I actually put up, there was a, a, a fitting that had to come down for a job. We didn't take it down, but the customer's like, I need it back up. And it was just kind of this awkward offset. So we needed two guys, one guy on, on one end of it and, and me on the other. And we put that up today and that's like, and, and we just use a little bit of drive cleat and, and S cleat. And that's the extent of my sheet metal work is hanging one fitting that was taken down by another contractor. So I, I want to get better at it. I want to learn more about it. I've watched videos on, on how to make a, a transition in, in, in the field and it doesn't even seem like it's that difficult but I, I just you, you need to grasp the concept of how to do it first before you can go out and, and execute it oh yeah it's it's it takes some time and some patience uh if you're starting out wear some gloves for sure oh yeah um, so you can keep your fingers but uh oh what's the the guy on instagram jeff is his name i think yep yep yeah that guy's got some really good videos when he makes some transitions in the field and stuff like that i really he hits it spot on with that stuff so i think one of the top takeaways here guys is organization is key and sometimes that organization like having all those parts on hand right is going to cost you some money. It's going to cost you an investment that if you're running a well-run company that provides good service, you will get that back, right? It, it's a long-term game there. Well, maybe not that long-term, depending on how busy it is, you could have that back in a, in a few months, right? So organization is key. Sometimes you got to invest to stay organized. That's what I took away from, from some of that conversation. Anyway, guys, thank you very much. Thank you, Brad. Thank you to the master group. I'm out. Happy H-Tracking. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.